Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. For years, we were stuck in a rut, always complaining that nothing ever changed for us. And then we realized, if we wanted to improve our lives, we had to put in the work. Each week on this podcast, we'll get into an aspect of personal growth, relationships, or just life. Through our own experiences and guest interviews, we hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Love Podcast. How are you doing out there this fine afternoon, Maggie? Oh, I'm good. I'm excited to chat about the five love languages. Ooh, I love the five love languages because I love love. I love love too. I'm just, you know, I'm so serious about love. I know you are. Yeah, I'm excited to get into this. I feel like in a way we're like a million years too late, but in another way, like this book has been like a top seller for like a million years at this point. And so there's probably still those people out there who just like haven't even looked at it, analyzed it, thought about it. And the funny thing for me is I feel like we always are serious about people getting serious about their relationship, you know, communicating, kind of figuring each other out, figuring out your partner and figuring out your life. And then you have a book that's like, what? I'm looking at this book right now. I think it's under 200 pages. It's like 188 pages. And you have it there that could help you potentially get into the mind of your partner and understand them a little better. And so many of us won't do it for whatever reason. And to be honest, me and you put it off for quite a long time. Oh, I know. So little backstory is that my mom and my stepdad bought us this book an embarrassingly long time ago. And our goal in life was to read it together. And because that was our goal in life, it just didn't happen. And finally, one day I picked the book back up and I was like, Brandon, I'm going to read this book and you're going to read it after me because clearly we are never going to sit down and read it together. So we might as well just read it apart. And I'm so glad we did because like Brandon was saying, as much as we talk about communicating and as big of believers we are in making sure that you have quality communication, we hadn't talked about love languages yet. And here we go. Yeah. And I think just as a side too, like the the number one thing that you seem to hear, like I guess the number one stereotype about the opposite sex is that you just can't understand them. Like you can't figure them out. And I know that's a lot of what we hear from other couples and just like, hey, I just don't understand Meg. Like I don't understand why she does certain things or, or, or I don't get it. And to me, this gives you just kind of more insight into that. And the other thing I wanted to say is years ago, I mean, years before we ever read this book, I remember me and you going online and doing like the little online quiz as far as, and I'm saying like, you know, maybe it's 20 questions or less. You can go online. They'll tell you what it is. But I will say it's still very much worth reading this book if you haven't yet. And this is not an advertisement. But if you haven't, it just gives you so much more information. And we'll get into a lot of that here. But I, th- I would recommend reading the book, even if you've done the little online thing. Right. Because interestingly enough, we both found that what we thought was our own love language, our own, not each other's, you guys, our own, did not actually turn out to be what we, what our real love language is. And that's crazy. Like, I don't think it's that weird for you to th- guess somebody else's love language wrong. I think it's really weird to guess for both of us to have guessed our own love languages wrong. So anyway, we're talking about The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. If you've uh, been under a rock or you're just uh, figuring this out, this is a book. It's been a top seller for a number of years. 
And it essentially breaks down the five different love languages. And just in summary, real quick, I'm going to give those to you. So the first one is words of affirmation. The second one is quality time. The third is receiving gifts. The fourth is acts of service. And the fifth is physical touch. And so essentially you work into, and the book kind of talks about this, but you, you're not just going to be one. There might be one that you're kind of is your primary, but you're going to kind of dabble in all the different areas, much like, you know, anything else in life, you have interest here or there. And on any given day, it might be one or the other, but there are primary ones that each of us have. And so the overarching theme of all of this is a lot of people will get into a place where they're doing everything they think they should be doing for their partner and their partner's not reciprocating or their partner's not satisfied or their partner partner doesn't feel it. it. And the problem is you're doing something outside of your partner's love language, which is to mean how they receive love, how they like to send love. So you aren't following that. And so it doesn't really work. So anyway, me and Megan read this book. Okay. Then we went through the quiz at the end. And one of the things that was shocking, like we've kind of already touched on is it wasn't what we thought it would be. Like I thought mine for sure, for sure was going to be physical touch. I thought the dominating one was going to be physical touch because it's just how I receive love. No, don't be gross people. It's not just about sex. It's not just about that. I mean, that is a part of it. And it even says in the book, a lot of men believe it's touch because men predominantly you know, enjoy sex more or want sex more. And so like, that's something in your mind that, oh, it must be that, but it does go beyond that. But I do feel like I get a feeling of love from Meg when she's giving me a light touch on the back, when she's touching my leg, when she's grabbing my hand when we're out in public. And it was a primary one for me, but it wasn't the top one. Yeah. And for me, I always thought that gifts, receiving gifts was my love language because I mean, I really do. I really enjoy when Brandon thinks of me when he's doing the grocery shopping and brings me home a little treat or trinket. And it just, we had always kind of joked that I just really love getting gifts. So that must be it. And I mean, it seems like maybe a selfish one, but it wasn't even about that. It was just that I felt like when he would buy me something, it was just, he was thinking of me and, and interested in what I like and thinking of me. So that was what I thought was going to be my primary love language. Turns out I was wrong. So what was your primary love language? My primary love language is actually acts of service, which I mean, after reading the book, I think it it totally makes sense to me because it's what I get upset about you not doing. So for as long as I can remember in our relationship, when you're not doing active things for our household or for me or for the children, the children, who says the children or our kids? The children. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I thought I was in sound of music for a minute. But when I when you're not doing that, I notice that. And so that was kind of eye-opening that that would be a part of it and I didn't even know that. So acts of service is definitely big for me and I just wasn't aware. Yeah, and mine, like I said, I thought it, it was going to be, you know, predominantly physical touch, which that did rank pretty high on my scale, but as I'm looking down at it now, the actual number 1 for me was words of affirmation. So even more so than the physical touch is like knowing and feeling like you appreciate me, like telling me that you're proud of me as a husband or proud of this thing that I've been working on or notice something that I've done to kind of, 
you know, not like metaphorically pat me on the back and say like, you recognize this and you're proud of me for that. And it's funny because we really, before we ever read this book, like we've, we kind of learned it by ourselves. Like we unknowingly learned the love languages because as most of you know, many years ago, I mean, me and Megan started out dating very young. Uh, Meg was 17. I was 18. And, you know, we worked through life and we, life was hard and we didn't really know how to communicate, but like over time and kind of looking in the mirror and trying to reflect and having a lot of long and, you know, drawn out conversations about it, we've learned what makes each other tick. We've really dug in deep and, but we did that without the love languages. But then when you look back, you're like, yeah, that's totally what we were doing. Because just to give an example, I used to let Megan do every ounce of housework. I used to let her do the dishes. I used to let her do the laundry. I used to do all those things. And, and like I would, you know, mow the lawn. I would do like other things. And I was like, well, that's the trade off, you know, right. like the that's the trade off. The man things, right. Like I would, if something, you know, if someone needs to, you know, kill a bug or change a light bulb or mow the lawn, then it's like a man thing <laughs> to do. <laughs> and, and, that's kind of in a way like how how I grew up. I guess I saw that. I mean, my dad definitely helped around the house, but it wasn't like, you know, it was predominantly a woman. Like that's just what it was. And so when we first got married, I know that caused a lot of resentment from Meg because she was sitting here trying to keep the household up and then I wasn't like doing anything to feed into it. Well, like since that time, I like we've had a lot of conversations. I understood that. And now I would say more often than not, like I'm the one doing the dishes. I forcefully make myself in there to do it. I forcefully do those things because I know that it's something that shows you through acts of service. Now that we know it's something that you love me to do. And so now I'm able to do that more. But again, until we took this and read this book, I mean, I knew that was something you appreciated, but I didn't know that was like your primary thing that showed you were appreciated. And really the other thing I wanted to touch on is most people are confused at maybe what their love language would be. Like we might have people sitting there thinking like, well, what is this stuff? What, what could it possibly, I don't know. And the thing I always tell people when I'm talking about this is many times you show other people the way you want to be loved, you know, treat others as you want to be treated, whatever. So like, I'm way more likely to try to like hug on Meg and you know, like, you know, grab onto her, whatever, when she's doing something to, to her resentment or not, I'll try to grab onto her or, you know, do whatever, mess with her, you know, whatever it is. And I kind of understood now that you really are showing other people how you want to be loved. So whatever act to be more clear, the act that you're performing to other people to show, Hey, I love you is actually the way that you like to receive love. So many times you can look at the other people around you and see, how am I showing them that I love them? So if you're constantly buying them gifts, you know, then that gift giving piece is probably what you would, you know, enjoy as well. And so I just think that's fascinating because it's almost so obvious that's like, how wouldn't you know? But we spent so long not knowing. But we spent so long not knowing. And, And honestly, again, it caused a lot of resentment because I'm sitting here, you know, hugging on you, slapping your butt, whatever. I mean, not being silly, but like, 
I'm doing those things thinking, I mean, clearly she knows that I love her. And in the back of your mind, you're like, could he just do something that I need him to do around here? And in in my mind, I'm like, that doesn't need to be changed. Like, who cares? Like, let the, let the dishes sit, let this be there, let that be there. And in a way, like I became enlightened by that fact. And I think even now today, you'll, you would say that those things are like some of the things you appreciate the most that I do. Yeah. And then on my end, it's funny because we've often talked about on this podcast and, you know, just in life about the importance of just note giving or texting your significant other and just saying, Hey, I love you. I'm thinking of you. I appreciate you. And without even knowing we were definitely hitting on a big, on a big love language because that piece is super important for a lot of people. Those words of affirmation, just like, just like you need it. I didn't realize when I was writing you notes and emailing you or texting you that me saying, I love you, that me telling you what a great job you did on this newsletter or whatever the the thing is that you did meant so much. I just thought it was a nice thing to do. And I know that it has historically been good for us to say to each other, we appreciate the, the other person. So all those things that we've been talking about doing and, you know, making sure you do for the other person actually has some real, real background and, and there's a real purpose to it, which is just kind of cool. I thought. Right. And again, I think so many of the problems that y'all are experiencing, a lot of the things is because there's, it always seems to be some kind of disconnect. And I think we all know when we're out of sync, like when things are kind of like, there's some friction, I know now, especially in these COVID times where a lot of us are kind of spending way more time together than we ever have, not me and Meg, because we always spend time together. Uh, Hence, the quality time is one of Meg's top ones too. But I think the, the friction is there, but then we don't want to or are afraid to explore what that might mean. And so it, it is really hard, by the way, because if you feel like you're doing everything in your power to show another person they love you, and then they're telling you like, you don't, or they're like making comments that would make you believe that like they don't really understand how much I love them or into them. That's confusing. That's confusing. I I don't know how you even kind of grapple with that. And I think for me, I don't know that you ever thought like I didn't love you, but it did cause tension. It did cause tension. Right. It definitely caused tension. And I think that it's, you know, I, I do think this is worth pointing out too, that just because we now know and understand each other's love language, it doesn't mean that we're always getting it right. There's plenty of days where we're still very much not getting it right. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because it's true. And, and the other thing too is it, it just doesn't always work. Just like in life, any other time, like sometimes a word of encouragement is going to work for you and sometimes it's not. And so this doesn't always work. It helps you understand your partner better, but it's not going to be a quick fix. Well, it doesn't fix like an existing argument. What I think it does is establish really good foundational stuff. Right, right. And and again, though, I'll I'll just say like, a lot of times, like what will happen is if you're in, you know, in a certain emotion or I'm in a certain emotion and then you try the things that you know, like that person, how they're showed love every once in a while, some of us just want to be upset. Like some of us just want to have a moment and have the person understand that we're having a moment, Right. I not can't... fixing the problem, not doing that, but understanding it. And so like, in those moments where Megan's having a time, like it's it's not the time for me to try these things because 
a lot of times you'll try the strategy then and then it won't work and you'll almost get discouraged that it didn't work. And then there's almost a little bit of resentment on the opposite way because you're like, what? This is your love language. Why aren't you, you know, receiving my love? You know? <laughs> right. I can't like back her up your way out of your whatever tragedy is going on. Not tragedy, but you know, I can't back rub your way out of whatever struggle you're going through. So just because you like touch doesn't mean I can solve your problems through touching you. Although I mean, you know, if I offered to go to the bedroom with you, you might have a little bit. Of- Hey-o. <laughs> well, we've touched on it a little bit briefly, but would you mind, I know you weren't playing this, but like, would you mind just sharing some of the things now that you know, like we're saying like, it's important for people to know, it's important for people to figure out what these things are for their partner to kind of better understand them. And knowledge is great. Knowledge is great. They say knowledge is power, but it's not really power unless you execute on it. So my question to you would be, okay, so you know these things about me. You see my little score here with all of these love languages. So then how do you approach me differently now having that knowledge, having that information and like what, what strategies or things do you use in that way? Oh, I love this question. I think really in the past, I don't know, month or so that it's been that we've read this, I I can't really remember how long ago we read it at this point, but it's pretty recent. I've really tried to make a very concerted effort to point out when I see something really great about you. And it doesn't mean that there's not always something great about you because there is. But like, if I notice that like today, for instance, I really like your shirt. As soon as you were putting it on in the morning, I was like, I like your shirt. You look nice because I just happened to notice it and see it. And it's not that I didn't do that before, but I don't think that I did it with very much with enough frequency. So now I try to remember, like, if I think that you look nice or if, you know, you did something really great on the website or whatever that thing is that you just accomplished, even something that seems small, like that I noticed that you did the laundry even is like, hey, thank you so much. Just thanking and appreciating everything that you're doing. And even though that's not like, hey, Brandon, you're amazing as a person because you did laundry. It's still like acknowledging what you did. And I think that helps you too. I think that is really like when I see you for what you've done and who you are, I think that really goes a long way with you. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Actually, as you were saying that, I remember uh, very recently we launched our new website and you were telling, I think your mom and stepdad about it, like in front of me. And I don't think you even knowingly were doing it, but you were telling them like just how amazing it was and how talented I was in doing it. And I just felt like my chest puffing out. You know, I just felt like, you know, prideful about it. Like I felt like really good that you thought like it was really good. Because another thing with that is like me and Megan's, you know, personalities are different. And so like in a lot of ways, like I'm creative in that process of like, marketing an idea and coming up with an idea. And like Megan might not be as much into that, but when she says that, then I know that she appreciates it. Cause a lot of times she can be like, Oh, it's good because she trusts my judgment. But a lot of times it can be like, well, she doesn't care. And that's not what it was. And so when I hear her saying that it, it just, it really strikes a chord and it sounds almost like an ego stroke as I'm saying it. But it's not that. It's not like it's just showing someone you appreciate them. Because I think we can fall into a pattern where you're like, well, they should be doing that. Like they should be doing that. Well, okay, Brandon did the dishes tonight. So I do the dishes a lot of nights. He should be doing that. So I don't need to appreciate that because it's just something that should be expected. Right. But I mean, come on, we got to start somewhere in this process. And if they're taking 
an effort, if they're trying to make a point of doing something, then it should be acknowledged. And I think from your end, if you did something and I didn't acknowledge it, then you get to the point where you're like, well, I'm not going to do it because I feel like I want to be appreciated. As people, we all want to be appreciated. I do find it a little bit funny as I'm saying it uh, when I'm, I'm looking down at our scores as I'm talking. So I'm just going to go on a little side note here. But actually, like the gift giving, like Megan scored an eight on the gift giving for the questions, which is pretty high. And I scored a zero. So talk about like, just as an example, like you could buy me gifts all day long and I'm not going to feel you love me at all. Cause I just, I don't care about a gift. Like, and it's not even about a big or small thing. It's just like, it just won't do anything for me. So like, I think a lot of times we get stuck in that pattern too, where it's like, we couldn't be any more opposite on that question. And so you got to explore different ways and that's the only way it'll work. Right. And I think now that you're saying that, I don't have the scores right in front of me because you have them over there, but I'm pretty sure we're almost as crazy opposite way for physical touch. I think I scored super, super low on physical touch and you're pretty darn high. And it's just like one versus a nine. Yeah. I just, it's just not how, I mean, and we obviously always knew this about me that I'm just not like, I just don't need the kind of touch that he needs. But now that I, I mean, I did know it, but seeing it in black and white, so to speak, really kind of brought it to the forefront for me. So now I do try to actively like just reach over and touch him or reach over and kiss him in the morning or just at least like squeeze his arm before I get out of bed or, and you know, any little tiny gesture that's like, hey, I know we don't have a ton of time right now because it's 4 a.m. and we're exhausted, but I see you, I acknowledge you, and I love you. Yep, and we'll preach it all the time. But like for me, because I asked you the question, I'll answer it too. I know Meg's top three are receiving gifts, quality time, and access service. And so that can mean a number of different things on any given day. But like I'll buy Meg a simple candy bar. I'll buy her a Starbucks coffee when I'm out. I'll see that the bed needs to be made and I'll make the bed. It's it's not like crazy things. And we always tell you all this, but I'm going to tell you again because we get fixated on the fact that it has to be some big ornate gesture. Right. And really it doesn't. It's like the little day-to-day things. Like if if I'm working from home and Megan's at the office and she comes back and our look through and our kitchen is clean, she's going to feel the love. And it doesn't have to be like I slaved for hours to do it. It's just like I noticed something that I know she appreciates and I took the steps to try to to fix it for her or make it better. Not that it's like our job to do that but just to show her love in that way because I know that's how she receives it. And I mean, I honestly don't know what I think I like more, the bed making or the Starbucks. <laughs> yep, and the and the best part is like when you do those things and they feel that love, like you just feel so much more connected as a couple. I know for us, since we've kind of pulled back the layers of our relationship because there's so many layers like we the more we do and the more we can educate ourselves and the more we try to learn our partner and even then it just sounds like as i'm saying it it sounds like really controlled like you're like you're you're stressing to like learn your partner but it's not it's actually like a, a really cool dance that you have back and forth and over time like i just know you so much better now than i did and like every day that you're pursuing your partner in this way, you're actively seeking ways to learn new things about them and like discover more of how they feel loved and appreciated in this world. And it only grows your relationship from there. So like if there's any way, if there's anything in life that you can grab onto, appreciating and learning your partner for who they are and trying to come alongside them and support them in that 
and you will like literally see your love like flourish to a place that you never even knew because I promise you years ago when we were first dating I never understood like I thought you were a hot chick I mean I never understood that like love was anything beyond the movie fairy tale you know kissy kissy lovey dovey thing but no as I've said before it's a down in the trenches type we're at war type you know, you're, you're shoulder to shoulder with me in this battle of life and we're taking it on together. And so if there's any way to grab onto that a little bit more, you just got to do it. Oh, I love that so much. And if you do feel like, man, I'm just trying everything and my partner just doesn't get it, or I just still don't feel loved. I would really recommend that you check out the five love languages and start actually implementing it. Don't just read it. Like literally do what he's talking about in the book. Like Actually try, like what he's trying with other couples in the book, do that in your own marriage. Do that in your own relationship. Even if you're like, this will never work and this is not going to be reciprocated and this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, like try it anyway because it's amazing. Like the couples in the books, I mean, he was like saving marriages, you guys. Like it's crazy to me that learning how to communicate better through five love languages is an answer but it really is an answer. It's probably not the answer. I mean, there are other struggles in relationship other than communication. But if you feel like this could be a thing for you, I'd really encourage you to check it out. And again, we have no, we don't know Dr. Gary Chapman. We don't have anything to do with anything. We just really liked this book and thought it was high time to talk about it and just tell you that it works for us. And we are currently experiencing just one of the really connected times in our relationship. I think sitting here in 2020, even in the midst of quarantine and social distancing and coronavirus and all these things, I think today I feel more connected to Brandon than I have in the previous years, many, many years. We're just getting better and better. And I think that understanding how each other's love languages works is a big part of that. I love it. And I love you, baby. Love you too, baby. Hey, B, what did you think of that episode? I think it was pretty dang good. Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes? They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people. They definitely should. Guys, if you like the Fools in Love podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools in Love podcast. We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear. 